0: Hello and welcome to the c Podcast. I'm C&D's editor, Beth Kennedy, and you're listening to A Coffee With, a podcast series where I sit down with some of pharmacy's most inspirational women to chat about their career highs and lows, their aspirations and fears, and everything in between. Every episode, I'll be talking to a different woman in pharmacy to find out what makes them tick, some words of wisdom, and the piece of advice they wish they'd been given at the start of their career. So, pour yourself a cuppa and get ready to join me for the latest instalment of A Coffee With. My guest today is Elsie Gomez Campos, a mental health clinical hospital pharmacist and a C&D Women in Pharmacy board member. Elsie has had a long and impressive career in pharmacy, a career to which she has devoted over 20 years. She is the founder and president of the UK BP, the UK Black Pharmacists Association, and in December was elected the president of the Pharmacist Defence Association's BAME Pharmacist Network. She has been described as inspiring and a natural leader. Welcome, Elsie, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me, and it is a real pleasure. Perhaps something that I should say, jobs have changed slightly, and now I am working as a PCN pharmacist, primary care network pharmacist, and also I am working as workforce equality, diversity and inclusion lead for a trust in Kent. And yes, I very much both of the jobs.
0: <laughs> so how are you finding that? Have you changed jobs during the pandemic? Because that sounds intense.
1: Yes, I think it happens all the lines, you know. For a long time now, I've been trying to get involved more in work related to equality, diversity and inclusion. And this opportunity came, I applied for it and I was appointed to my biggest surprise and biggest delight. And it allows me to work three days a week on that role while being able to work for another two days as a pharmacist. So I can combine during the week my two passions, working as a pharmacist and working as an
0: EDI lead. Okay, well, let's take a step back right to the beginning of your career in pharmacy and tell me how you got started in it. What attracted you to pharmacy in the first place?
1: That is a very interesting question because the answer to that is like, I couldn't be a doctor, which is what my mother, my father <laughs> wanted me to be. And I am the sort of person that taking blood from someone, seeing wounds, and that sort of things makes me turn my head, lovish reading the books of anatomy and one of that, but the practice bit, I knew I couldn't do that. And I thought, well, probably the closest thing is pharmacy. I've got everything that I like, you know, the anatomy how medication works, how to treat disease. And that is how I became a pharmacist because I couldn't be a doctor.
0: <laughs> so when you say couldn't be a doctor, but that was just to do with the thought of blood and things like that was just a no-no for you?
1: Yes, it was that, yeah. I, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be able to do it, but I knew that I was not going to be able to practice it as such. Yeah. Know, in the study, you have to do all of those practical things that you have to do, labs and so on, And I knew I didn't have it in me to be able to do it.
0: So take me through your career to date. I know you've done lots and lots and lots in your illustrious career. So just a potted career history.
1: So I qualified as a pharmacist back when I was born, which is in Cuba. So I qualified as a pharmacist at the University of Havana. And when I emigrated to the UK, I had to start from scratch. First of all, I had to go to school and learned to improve my English language, because Spanish is my first language. Um, I don't think I have mastered it yet, but I have to go to school to become a better English speaker. So I was doing that while during the day I was working as a pharmacist technician. I did that for several years. One, to be able to get to you know how the pharmacist practice took place here in the UK, and also to raise money to do further studies and convert my degree from Cuba. In something equivalent to a degree in the UK. So I started my career here Mm. as a pharmacist technician. Then I went to the University of Sunderland for a year to convert to do a one year course for overseas pharmacists. After that, I did my pre registration, which I was lucky enough to divide it into. So I did part of my pre registration before I went to Sunderland. I did a few Mm. months, about three months, I remember, if I remember correctly. I went to Sunderland. And did the course, came back, did another three months of pre-reg, took my pre-registration exam. After the pre-registration exam, then I was free to my other six months of pre-registration. And that was quite exciting because I didn't have the hash to do the exam at the end of the pre-registration. So it was like six months of just concentrating to become the best pharmacist that I could be. After qualifying as a pharmacist, then I did what most of us do, which is do the certificate, the diploma in pharmacist practice. I moved around one or two different trusts in hospital, working as a hospital pharmacist. Then I did my master's, uh, became took on leadership positions, and then afterwards moved out of hospital, and now I am working in primary care.
0: You've done lots of everything within the sector. Do you... Advocate for that sort of portfolio career for other pharmacists.
1: I love hospital pharmacists, and I wouldn't say that necessarily you have to come out of one particular sector. But the most important thing is to have the ability to adapt, because you never know what is around the corner. It allows to make you to understand better how the whole healthcare system works. And working in primary care, there are many things that. Having worked in secondary care for so many years, I quite understand very well and I can apply very well. So having that wider range of different sectors in your portfolio definitely is a plus. I am not saying that it's for everyone, but I would say don't be scared. If you have to do it or if you want to do it, it's always a good idea to explore it and see whether it is for you or it's not.
0: Okay. Tell me a little bit about the UK Black Pharmacists Association and how you got started with that.
1: So the UK Black Pharmacists Association, it was started because of my personal challenges. I faced some sort of discrimination. I didn't have a voice. I didn't have a network to support me. So the whole experience was quite lonely. It could have potentially destroyed me as a person and destroyed me as a profession. So... I don't know how I found it on me, but the UK Black Pharmacists Association started small and what I realized that once I started to speak up about the need of having a network of people that could understand you and could support you if you face was a positive thing. And talking about it made me to realize that there are so many people like me out there, but what they decide to do, it, not talk about it, keep it quiet, try to move on from position to position. And the result is that those behaviours don't change. And what I'm trying to do with the UK Black Pharmacy Association is to raise awareness of certain issues that we need to address as a profession. And also, most importantly, is to provide that support to someone that may come across that type of behaviour, how to navigate through them. And I think we have been quite successful at doing that. And it was produced out of a negative experience in my life, but I am so grateful that I have become something positive for so many of us.
0: So how many members are you up to now?
1: Okay, so we started very small and then we grew to around 500 members.
0: Oh, wow.
1: One thing that we have to do now, uh, we did it at the beginning of the year, was to... Try to verify the membership of our members. There is a lot of benefit of becoming a member of the UK Black Farmers Association. We support each other in a very particular way, which is advocating, being altruistic, which is like if you need help, it doesn't matter whether you know me or not, anyone from the association will be able to provide that help if they can. And what we found is that the link to join us was being shared. all all over the places, and at some point, it didn't didn't feel like a safe place, because one thing that UK Black Pharmacists Association meant to be is a safe place to discuss some issues that affect black pharmacists, and it became a reality that we had members that were didn't identifying themselves as a black pharmacist. So now we have started a brand new group where the members can join, but we better that they are actually meet the criteria to be in the group. So at the moment we are nearly 200 because not everyone have changed from the old group into the new group. So hopefully we will go up again to the numbers. But at some point we have the active group that we had and end of February was of 500 plus members.
0: Okay, brilliant. You mentioned that it's a safe space for black pharmacists to be able to speak about the issues that they face. What are some of the main issues that come up in those discussions?
1: We start breaking confidentiality, but some of the issues are yeah. about that sort of discrimination that you find in the place of work. For instance, one thing that was quite shocking to me was during the COVID pandemic when we first started and the issues of the PPE, the issues of risk assessment. And we have some members of the association saying, my manager is not able to accommodate my needs. Pregnant women were being told you have to work, and they didn't feel safe to come to work. Some members saying, they have accommodated the needs of non-Black pharmacists, but my needs have not been accommodated. So it's all about that discrimination that happen in the place of work that you don't feel that you are empowered to say hold on for a minute why I am not important why me being pregnant is not something that you can accommodate why someone else that you know doesn't look like me why have you found a place to send that person to practice safely but I still have to come to work and face the public when when I don't feel safe about that, when I am not being provided the proper PPE. So those were the sort of things that we found during the pandemic. this issue with the students where they felt that the needs are not being addressed properly. And we had one particular student that felt that he was going to fail the year. He said, this is going to be the end and we have to step up and provide the support that was not being given by the university. And it was a positive story. The student passed the exams and he was so grateful. But this was our members stepping up and saying, you can do it. We will support you. And it's great to hear at the end of those stories. So those are the sort of things that we listen to. Some members don't feel comfortable sharing it with the whole group. So they may send me a direct message to me, or to someone else and then we advocate on their behalf and we find the support but the support always comes with the members of the group.
0: It sounds incredibly empowering and to be able to speak to other people who may have faced similar issues it must be really nice to feel like you've got that support from people who understand.
1: Absolutely, and um, I wish I was at my lowest I had had that support It was one or two years where I didn't have that support and you don't know where to turn and you feel guilty because the funny thing is that you think the problem is with me. And it's not only until I woke up that I found out, hold on for a minute, this is as affecting other people and this is the sort of things that we want to do with the UKBPA is to empower our members.
0: Well, I think this is it and I think empower is the operative word here because Pharmacy is an incredibly diverse position and, you know, if we look at the leadership, it's not necessarily representative of the people who actually make up the profession. How much of a difference do you think associations like the UK Black Pharmacy Association can make to addressing that and changing that?
1: I love that question and i tell you why I love that question. The reality is that I'm not sure how much do you follow what is happening in pharmacy, the tweeters and all the different events. But I can assure you that the UK Black Pharmacy Association is already making that difference. If you notice now, which is not happening two or three years ago, is that now you can see members of our group in podcasts, in webinars, writing different blogs, addressing the issues and actually being contacted by different organizations that want to collaborate with us. So... I think we are already influencing the weight that our profession looks like. Perhaps we are not, at the moment, breaking those glass ceilings because I think it's a systemic problem that we have got, but what we can see where there are not those you know glass ceiling, people now feel that they can actually go out and say, look, I am a proud member of the UK Black Pharmacy Association or I am a proud black pharmacist. I have got something to say. I have got something to contribute. I can attend this podcast. If you look at the PDA BME, you know, the committee are three members of the UK Black Pharmacists Association because we empower each other to go and nominate ourselves, I am looking forward to see the nomination for the different board for the Royal Pharmaceutical Society now. And I suspect they are going to see more black pharmacists. They feel that they can go out there, they can nominate themselves. And hopefully the profession will see the benefit of having more diverse leadership. It's something that has been missing for so many years. And what we are doing within our association is who is going to step up, who is going to nominate, who is going to go out there and represent. And it's not about representing the UK Black Pharmacy Association. It's about saying, you know, you are good enough. And it's about time that you go out there and show to the whole profession what is that that you can do. So we will support them. We will encourage them to go out there and put the head above the purpose and say our voice counts. And, and i think that is probably one of the biggest success of the uk black pharmacy association how we internally we support each other and push each other because i was very skeptical about going for the presidency of the pda but it was i was being pushed by my board you have to go out there you have to go and say well you know it's the expectation so i'm going to see what happens but if i hadn't had that push from them i would have never because i wouldn't have, who am i to think that i can be the president of that group. So I think we are already making a difference.
0: That's brilliant. And do you think there needs to be more of that in pharmacy? Pharmacists pushing each other and lifting one another up to go for these positions?
1: My understanding, it happens. Not sure whether it happens in such a big way that we do it. I think that if I know you, I will come to you and say, oh, can you support me on this? Or can you nominate if I nominate myself? But what is happening with us, we are doing it in this big, we celebrate anyone that goes out there. We had, uh, two days ago, Lola, one of our members, she represented the UKBPA in a webinar in Northern Ireland, and, you know, they tweeted, and I put the tweet within our group, and everyone came out, well done, Lola, great, you know, so this celebration lets you know that what you are doing is very positive, what you are doing is something that other people want you to see, so I think Perhaps this sharing up of each other is happening within our profession, whether it's happening the way that we do it, I am not sure.
0: You've already mentioned what sound like some really big career highs for you. Are there any more that you want to share with us today?
1: I think probably when I received the email from the Pharmaceutical Society saying that they were doing the fellowship because I never thought... You know, imagine someone coming from Cuba, a little country in the Caribbean, a black woman, immigrant, pharmacist, doesn't speak English very well, that have gone through really horrible experience and trying with my little voice, the little amount of courage that I've got, tries to raise awareness about what is happening in terms of equality and social justice within our profession to be given a fellowship. I never thought of that. I never thought that I could actually achieve that. It's not something that you can nominate yourself. Someone else has to nominate you and they have to approve it. So I think probably for me, that was up there. It was a very proud moment and a moment to say, you know what, perhaps, you know, maybe everyone's cup of tea to hear about the inequalities, but surely it's something that needs to be talked about. I think that and every time that I get someone from the UKBPA sending me a personal message saying, If it hadn't been for this support, I don't know what I would have done. And I think there may be one, two, three, four people, a handful of people, but it's one human being that we are able to help. And potentially one pharmacist that doesn't leave the profession because some of these members have been pushed to a point where they are considering leaving the profession. So I think those are moments that are treasure, and messages that are treasure.
0: I think you should be incredibly proud of yourself as well because you have faced adversity to get to the point in your career where you are. And I imagine that lots of people find your story incredibly inspiring.
1: I'm not sure about incredibly inspiring or I'm not sure I'm incredibly stupid because one thing that sometimes I hear is, you know, people don't talk about those things. You know, you just forget about it, but the truth is that you can never forget about them. And if there is one thing that drives me, is that my son could tomorrow decide to be a pharmacist. I am a pharmacist, my husband is a pharmacist. So if he decides to become a pharmacist, I want him to become a pharmacist and come into a profession that will appreciate him for what he is, and it will allow him to flourish and not have to suffer some of these things that we don't talk about it, but everyone knows that exist. What if I supposed to feel proud of it, but I don't think that it's nothing that is going to stop me from continuing doing it. And if people like to take it as a positive, great. That is a bonus.
0: You've mentioned quite a few times over our conversations so far, th- this feeling of, oh, well, I don't know about this or I don't know about that. Do you ever find that you doubt yourself and have that feeling of imposter syndrome?
1: It's something that I'm sure, you know, you have to be extremely confident not to have it. When they told me that I have been given this post of Workforce Equality, Diversity and Inclusion List, I was, my first question was, Are you sure? Because who am I to be, you know, there are other people probably more qualified than me. I am a pharmacist, I am stepping out of my comfort zone. So all the time I was talking to someone about an hour ago about something that I am doing that I need to have the courage to put it out there, something that I am writing. And it's always that. Bit of a, am I good enough? Do people want to hear what I have mm. to say? Do I have enough skills? I am always looking for what other course I can do or the book I can read. I am always double guessing myself. Even if I am going to tweet something, that tweet I deleted about 10 times before I write <laughs> my final tweet. Something that is <laughs> something that happens to me all the time. And I think that is uh, now. Accept it is that it's part of a process. It's part of a... It doesn't matter how old you are. I think it's part of growing up. And we never stop growing
0: up. Well, that is, I think, very useful for me to hear. I've definitely had my fair share of imposter syndrome. I imagine lots of the people listening to this have had exactly the same thing. So listen to Elsie. It's all part of growing up. I think that's a, a good takeaway from that. Let's move on now and talk about... Some of the challenges that you faced as a woman in pharmacy? How have you overcome them?
1: I think the most important thing is to know that you can overcome them and to find the most suitable way for you to overcome them. And the way that I have done it, I like to, some people call it meditate, but I like to try to think about the situation. And I always try to think about if I don't speak up about this issue, what are going to be the consequences? And if I speak up about these issues, what are the consequences? And I most often than not speak up about the issues, and I try to put it out there, whether with the employer, whether with a pharmacist, that we are communicating perhaps via the phone or whatever. So some of the challenges that I face have been many. But the way that I have managed to overcome them has been about weighing the consequences of just keeping them for myself and the consequences of speaking up about it and trying to solve it. I am of the opinion that if I find a problem, I need to find a solution. And when I come to you with the problem, I will come out with you and discuss those solutions. So to me, it's that process that goes internally in my head and trying to find the solution that I think will work for the two parties, if there are two parties involved, or a solution that will work for me. But what I never tried to do, and many times I have been told, just walk away, I never walked away from some of these issues, because I think I found out if you walk away, there is nothing stopping you from walking into that problem again in the future. So why not to face it now? Why not to try to solve it now and find out whether your solution will work or not? So I try never to walk away from any of those issues.
0: Are you comfortable to talk about some of the issues that you have faced as a woman in pharmacy?
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's not just women in pharmacies. Some of the issues that I have faced have been because I am a black woman in pharmacies and are very different. I can tell you, for instance, on my leadership positions, I find that as a Black pharmacist leader, my decisions are, my leadership is constantly questioned. I am constantly being asked to practice at a higher standards, while my others, you know, non-white pharmacists, leaders pharmacists, they, their decisions are no question. They are no challenge on a day-to-day basis. And you go back and you think, why is this happening? Some of the things that I say is like, they don't hear it. They are not listened to by someone else come with the same thing that I have said, with the same issue that I have raised. Someone else does it and they're listening to it. And then for for many years I was like, oh, perhaps it's my English, but I couldn't make it sound any simpler, any clearer. And what I found is that sometimes don't want to listen to you because of what you represent. And I think those are the biggest issues that we, as black women, we feel that sometimes we are not listened to or our concerns are not as important as others. And perhaps that is why you don't see so many people that look like me in those leadership positions. Uh, sometimes, you may have to compromise something that I know I don't do easily. And to me, right is right, wrong is wrong. People say no, there is always a gray. I say, well, in terms of being professional, there is a right and there is a wrong, and in the between, now you are compromising, and it is up to you and it's up to my personal standards whether I want to compromise, and I find very difficult to do um, for many years. I have found it very difficult to do. So I think that is probably the main issue with relation to being a woman in pharmacist, a blood woman in pharmacist particularly.
0: Okay, and what do you think needs to happen in the profession to start to change some of those challenges that you face?
1: I think probably to me is to see more people like us. I usually find myself being the only one, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you are the only one, you know, that you are representing. Whether it's fair to say or not, when I walked into a room, I am the only one. I, myself, I hold myself to high standards because I am like, I am different. So I have to make sure that I don't mess up and that sort of thing. So I think if there were many more wonderful Black women there, because they are there, that are empowered into these leadership positions, some of the challenges that I have had, I am like, Sometimes after that, my certificate, my diploma, my master in clinical pharmacist, many years of experience, sometimes you get these challenges that are like after the years of experience. And you find that sometimes the challenges come from people like, uh, but you should not be there. You should not have those years of experience or those years of experience don't really count. And it comes from university. Many of our students don't see many black women teaching them They don't see that role model. They don't see these people that can actually influence them. They place a work and they are not being managed by these black women. And that they feel, there are not many that like you, you don't really count. And I think for things to change, we need to start empowering. And we need to start seeing more of people that look like me in those leadership positions from the university cannot be just the one or the two because I think those are big way to carry for these women so the more that we see that we know that we can lead that we can do these things then people I think they it's about getting that respect that sometimes it's not there.
0: I think that's a very good point I think it's very difficult for people to be what they can't see so if you are A young black female trainee pharmacist. And you're exactly right. If you don't have any tutors who look like you, if you don't have any pre-reg tutors who look like you, it's very, very difficult to then try and aim for those higher positions yourself. There's a lot more that should be done to increase representation across the profession. Absolutely. This is the part of the podcast where I like to ask my guest who's a woman in pharmacy that you particularly admire and why. Ah, You know,
1: That is a question that I'm probably going to struggle to answer. It's not that I don't know wonderful women in pharmacies, I do, and I have worked with some of them. But what I will tell you the people that have caught my attention are people they don't supposed to break that glass ceiling or concrete ceiling sometimes, and they have gone above and beyond. And there are quite a few. To mention, there are not as many as I would like to be, but they know who they are and they have got my greatest admiration.
0: Brilliant. I am sure that you're someone that so many other women look up to in pharmacy as well. I think it's brilliant. And the fact that you've put yourself forward with so many of these leadership positions in the past few years, I think is incredibly inspiring to people. So I think you should be incredibly proud of yourself.
1: (laughs) All that I am trying to do is to be very authentic, I am trying to be a human being and um, be aware of some of the issues that are affecting our profession that I think we have been silent for far too long. And I am no exception because I only decided to speak up when those issues affected me. Had they not have affected me, probably I would have never had the courage to speak up. And the only reason I am speaking up is because what I mentioned before is the generation that is coming behind me I don't want them to have to go through it. So if there is anything that I can change, doesn't matter how small, I will try to do it. So I don't think I am exceptional or anything like that. I probably came out to speak up out of fear of this happening to someone else. You know, because I am that great.
0: <laughs> Let's cast our minds right back to the beginning of your career again. What's the one piece of advice you wish you'd been given and why?
1: Ah, that is an interesting question. When I first started pharmacies, pharmacist, I was like, easy, you study, you become very knowledgeable, everything will fall into places, no problem. I wish someone had told me that it's not going to be that easy. I wish someone had told me that there are going to be many challenges that have nothing to do with your intelligence or nothing to do with your knowledge or nothing to do with your ability of being a pharmacist because I wasn't prepared for any of the non pharmacy challenges that we have to go through, which is life. And you expect that to happen outside of the profession. I always think of a profession as something really, you know, this bubble, we have got the standards, this sort of behaviour, you are not going to see it. And when I saw some of the behaviours, it really shocked me, and I wasn't really prepared for that. And I wish someone had told me, from the beginning, and this is something that we just teach people, what the excellence is going to look like. And I think we need to talking about this cup that I set up uh, throughout you. Because I think if I had been prepared, probably I would have managed in a very different manner that I did. I wish someone had told me it's not going to be that easy, Elsie.
0: And then finally, this year's International Women's Day theme is Choose to Challenge. So Elsie, what behaviours are you choosing to challenge this year and why? really
1: for me it's going to be about challenging racial and gender inequality and most specifically i want to challenge that belief of that concept of the angry black woman i think being authentic being emotional sometimes being frustrated being powerful being motivated Have nothing to be with that stereotype of the angry black woman. I like to think that we can bring ourselves to the workplace or to the university with our Afro hair, with our clothes from wherever you're coming from, with your manners. I am the sort of person that I like to talk with my face, with my hands, with my body, and laugh. And I want to challenge those stereotypes. I want to challenge when I see people saying, oh, that person doesn't fit, you know, the profile, or that person is too loud, or that person is too emotional. I want to start challenging that. And I want to start trying to encourage people to see the person that are in front of them for what they bring to the table, which is that difference. And hopefully, slowly, it will happen, because I think now our eyes are open, and more and more people are speaking about these issues. It's just a matter of time for when seeing that real difference. So yeah, my challenge will be trying to challenge those stereotypes of gender and racial inequality.
0: And is there anything else that you wanted to mention?
1: This year, hopefully, we have been in the year 2020, we became aware of many, many things that we're affecting us as a society, were affecting us as a profession. And I think the year 2021 hopefully will be the year where we are going to start seeing actions. Me personally, I am a little bit now tired of the talking. <laughs> the talking yeah. uh, they you know saying we are going to do it. We are going to do it. So I think Hopefully 2021 is a year that we can say, oh, we say we are going to do this and we actually have done this and we have achieved this. So hopefully for me, 2021 will be the year of actions. And let's talk again.
0: Well, thank you so much, Elsie. I have absolutely loved talking to you. I think there's a lot of food for thought there. Thank you so much.
1: It was a pleasure. Thank you very much
0: for having me. Elsie Gomez-Campos, one of CND's Women's Advisory Board members. Today we discussed... Why Elsie decided to become a pharmacist, her journey to practising in the UK after leaving her home country of Cuba, and her work with the UK Black Pharmacists Association. For more news and updates on CND's Women in Pharmacy group, please check out the CND community and chemistdrugist.co.uk. Thanks for listening.